prison locked up in chains sin held me captive to sorrow and pain years of frustration as love passed me by until the master heard my heart's cry for grace marvelous grace i needed grace to pardon and make me whole grace
was broken. Number seven.
I just feel led by the Lord to share this this morning because if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is the day of salvation. And I want to share something with you all that it will take you through stages or steps of your life that if you don't know Jesus, and at one point all of us were sinners, and now I'm saved, but it's a stage in different stages that you go through in your life to follow Jesus Christ. And uh, someone's asked me, is this scriptural? It is scriptural, and it says in Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 5 and 6, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall he save, shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Another name for the Lord, our righteousness, is Jehovah Sidkenu. I once, and all of you listen to this very closely, I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew not my danger, and I felt not my load. Though friends often spoke to me in rapture of Christ on the tree, Jehovah Sidkenu was nothing to me. I often read with pleasure to soothe or engage Isaiah's wild measure and John's simple page. But even when they pictured the blood-sprinkled tree, Jehovah Sidkenu still was nothing to me. Like tears from the daughters of Zion that roll. I wept when the waters went over his soul, yet thought not that it was my sins that had nailed him to the tree, because Jehovah's seed canoe was nothing to me. <laughs> when free grace awoke me, by light from on high, and legal fear shook me, I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah Sidkenu, my Savior, must be. My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished with boldness I came to drink at the fountain, life-giving and free. Jehovah Sidkenu is all things to me. Jehovah Sidkenu, my treasure, my boast. Jehovah Sidkenu, I never can be lost. In thee I shall conquer by flood and by field. He's my cable, he's my anchor, he's my breastplate and my shield. Even treading the valley the shadow of death, this watchword shall rally my faltering breath. For while from life's fever my God sets me free, Jehovah Sidkenu, my death song shall be. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss V. Wasn't that beautiful? 
If you have your Bibles, look in 1 Timothy chapter 1. You can ignore what the bulletin says. The Lord changed my heart this morning about 7.30, and I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I have had a burden all week to preach about Thanksgiving, and I want to, going to continue to do that this morning. But I want to speak to you on the subject, I am thankful that Jesus came. I am thankful that Jesus came. And if I could sum up my testimony and I can sum up the testimony of my thankfulness, I believe that it can sum up in one name, and that is Jesus. I believe if you want to sum it up in two words, it would be that Jesus came. I believe if you want to sum up my thankfulness in one phrase, it would be that Jesus came to save sinners. And I'm glad that Jesus came. And I'm glad that Jesus came to me. And I want you to understand this morning that the message is that Jesus loves the world. The message is that Jesus saves the world. The message is that Jesus came for the world. But I want you to do this this morning. I want you to make this personal. Because yes, Jesus loved the world, but Jesus loves you. Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you, and Jesus can save you. Isn't that wonderful this morning? 1 Timothy chapter 1, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I want to read a few verses here in verse 12. The Apostle Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me that he counted me faithful, putting me unto the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtain mercy. Isn't that beautiful? But I obtain mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. I want to read that again. It's so good. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. You cannot have grace outside of Jesus. You cannot experience grace outside of Jesus. Now here's our sermon. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, have your will and way in this message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to simply preach to you this morning on this subject. I am thankful that Jesus came. And we can go through of all the reasons why Jesus came. He came to bring us abundant life. He came to be the light. We could go through all of the Bible of why Jesus came. He came to judge. We could go through all of those things. Jesus came for many reasons. But if you could sum up with one phrase why he came, is this simply this. He came to save 
sinners. Do you know why today we can be thankful? Because Jesus came to this world to save sinners. Do you know why today we have reason to rejoice and be glad in it? Because he came to save sinners. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You ought to still be thankful that Jesus came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. When you have nothing to boast about, when you have nothing to pray, Praise him for. Friend, may I tell you, you can still be thankful that Jesus came to save sinners. When you're down and you're out and you're low and it appears that there's nothing to rejoice over, child of God, rejoice over this, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I rejoice because Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He came to the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And I believe we can all park the car right there. And we can all pitch a tent right there. And all that we have to be thankful for can be wrapped up on the fact that he came to save sinners of whom I'm chief. By his grace... And by his mercy and by his love, he came and he saved me. And he redeemed me and he bought me. And that right there is why I can shout on high. And that right there is why I have a song to sing. And that right there is why I can rejoice till the sun goes down. Because Jesus came to save sinners of whom I'm chief. I want you to notice this morning that Jesus came to save. Who did he come to save, preacher? He came to save sinners. It's simple. We want to make it so difficult. Who is salvation for? Who did Jesus come to save? Well, he came for this group, but he didn't come for this group. Or he came for this sect, but he didn't come for this section of people. He came for this religion, but not for this religion. The Bible's very clear who he came for. He came to save sinners. You say, well, preacher, I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are, because you just lied. Because <laughs> you are a sinner. And so many times we won't say, well, you know, God just came to save a certain group. And God just, you know, he predestined certain ones. The Bible said that the scope of his salvation is to all sinners far and wide. It does not matter what they look like. It does not matter what color they are. It does not matter their background. Jesus came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. The other day I asked a precious little girl who wanted to be saved. I said, do you know what a sin is? And she said, not really. I said, are you a sinner? And she looked at me and said, uh-uh. No, I'm not. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever disobeyed your mama and daddy? Yes, sir. Have you ever told a little lie? Yes, sir. Have you ever felt about somebody in a way that you get so mad that you just kind of hated them a little bit? Yes, sir. I said, baby, you're a sinner. My kids are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. The entire world, we're sinners. 
We're all equal. We're all on the same level playing field, if you will. And we are equal at this point that we're all sinners. And we come short of the glory of God. In the scope that brings us all together, regardless of how much money you have or don't have, regardless of your popularity or the lack thereof, the one thing that puts us all on the same playing field is that we're all sinners and we all come short of the glory of God. There's not no none righteous, no, not one. All our very best before the presence of God is as filthy rags. I want you to know that on your best day is still not good enough in the presence of a holy and righteous God. Who did he come to save? He came to save sinners. If you will, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 3. I want to make this simple. I'm going to make this brief. I'm going to make this real easy today because I am thankful. You say, what is that preacher thankful for? I am thankful that Jesus came to save. I am thankful that Jesus came to save and that he came to save sinners. I want you to notice in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 and verse 9. The apostle Paul said, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. What made Paul a sinner? Paul was a sinner because he was a lawbreaker. You see, God has given us His law. He has given us the expectations that we must live by. The law of God, and there's thousands in this Bible. The Jews know every one of them. But the law here, these are the expectations that God has for humanity. If you ever wonder what God expects of you, it's right here in the Word of God. And the law of God is laid out to be a schoolmaster. And the law, when we look at the law and we see what the law is we realize that we've broken the law. And when you realize you've broken the law, that is called committing a sin. And the Apostle Paul said that when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. When he heard what sin was and he realized that he broke God's law, inside of his heart he died. That meant that he became accountable for the sin that he has committed against God. The Apostle Paul said, I'm a sinner. In fact, he went on to say, for all have sinned. Not only am I a sinner, but the entire world has sinned. And when you have sinned and you have broken the law of God, that makes you a sinner. You say, preacher, I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. If you've ever felt a little bit of hate in your heart, do you realize that's the same as murder? Men, if you've ever looked upon another woman in lust, do you realize you just committed adultery? If you've ever disobeyed your parents, you broke the law of God. And the Bible said if you've broken one of these, you've broken all of them. And I know a lot of times we want to pick and choose what's law to keep, and this one's bad and this one's bad. May I tell you today, if you've broken one of these, you've broken all of these. And when we break this law, it makes us a sinner. I want you to look in Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. There is punishment. The accountability part of us being a sinner is there is a punishment for us because we are sinners. May I tell you, you will pay for your sins.
May I tell you that we have a payment, that there is a punishment to come. What happened when you broke the law of your daddy? You got a whooping, yeah. You had, you had to face the punishment. Well, friend, look at me this morning. You broke the expectations of your heavenly father, and you got to pay for it. You're a sinner, and you come short of the glory of God. And I want you to know that there's a payment for that sin. We must pay for that sin. God is a holy God. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. And because He is holy, we must pay because we're not holy. Understand, because of your sin, you will never be on level ground with God. Because of your sin, you are alienated from God. You are enemies with God. You are a depraved sinner that comes short of the glory of God. You say, preacher, I thought we were going to be happy this morning, and you have just ruined my day talking about how bad I am. May I tell you something? Before we can be thankful, we got to realize and remember where we come from. And what I'm so thankful about the Apostle Paul, he never forgot where he came from, that years down the road in his ministry, he can stop and say, I thank God that Jesus came to the world to save sinners of who I am chief. He never forgot where he came from. He never forgot that he was a sinner that fell short of the glory of God. May I tell you, I'm a sinner. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Saved by grace. Saved by grace. Sin has condemned me. The law has condemned me. Friend, Jesus did not come to the world to condemn us. But he came to save us. The law condemns us. Our life condemns us. But Jesus came to save us. He came to buy us. He came to take your place and to pay for the punishment and the penalty of sin. We must admit that we're sinners. But preacher, I'm a good old boy. I want you to know that hell's full of good old boys. But you don't, you don't realize I was raised in church. Church will not get you to glory land. Being a Baptist will not get you to heaven. Being a Methodist will not get you to heaven. Understand that we are dying and going to hell because we are sinners. And there is nothing that you can do about it. Because you and you alone are the reason that you're dying and going to hell. And if I'm the reason I'm dying and going to hell, then there's nothing that I can do in my own power to be saved. But preacher, I'm a good old boy. I give to the church. And I do this, and I do this, and I do this. And I'm a good old boy. Friend, if you've never been saved by the precious blood of Jesus, you're dying and going to hell this morning. You must be saved by the precious blood of Jesus. I don't care if your daddy's the Pope. I don't care if your grandma was a teacher for 40 years. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, then you're dying and going to hell. There is nothing you can do about your salvation. You cannot fix this. You messed it up. Because you're the sinner. If I messed it up, then surely I'm not big enough to fix it. Ding, 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 ding. 
Do you know why this world's lost? Because we don't want to admit we're sinners. We don't want to admit our kids are sinners. We don't want to admit our grandkids are sinners. I'm raising three sinners. We come in, get all upset about our kids. What's wrong with them? They're sinners. That's what's wrong with them. And they fall short of the glory of God. Sin is the problem. And we fall short of the glory of God. I love what Jesus said in the book of Luke. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Some of you can't be saved because you don't think you need to be saved. May I tell you that you can't get saved until you get lost? We're so righteous in our own eyes. And preacher, yes, I've messed up a little bit, but I've never killed a man. I've never committed adultery. Yes, you have. In your heart, you have. In your heart, you've hated. We're sinners, and we come short of the glory of God. And you sitting there, and you say, well, I'm righteous, and I've done this. Jesus can't save you. Because he didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. He came for those who could admit that they fell short of the glory of God. He came for those who admitted that without you, Jesus, I can do nothing. I want you to look in Romans chapter 5. If you're with me, say amen. So who did he come to save? He came to save sinners. Why did he come to save? Notice in Romans chapter 5. In verse 6, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he come to save? Notice what he said in verse 6, For when we were yet without strength... He came to save while I was out without strength. Do you know why Jesus came to save? Because you're unable to do it yourself. You're unable to save yourself. When you were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. You know why he came? Because he's trying to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. You can spend a hundred years of righteous acts and it still will not be good enough to get you into heaven. Amen? It won't get you into heaven. Why did he come? Well, he came to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. But notice what he said in verse 8. But God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know why he came? Because he loves you. He came to do something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. Why? Because He loves you. Listen to me. God loves you. Listen to me. God loves you. So much that He gave His only begotten Son of God to die for you and to lay down His life for you. Understand today that He came to do something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. Why? Because He loves you. When nobody else loves you, God loves you. When nobody else showed mercy, God showed mercy. When nobody else showed grace, bless God, God did. There's enough grace and there's enough mercy and there's enough love of God to save your soul. Why did he come? Why? Because he loves me. Isn't that beautiful? Because he loves me. You say, preacher, how can he save me? I'm glad you asked. 
Look at what he said in verse 8. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How can he save me? He died for me. He laid down his life for me. Look at me, folks. He laid down his life. Tell me how many of your friends died for you. Tell me how many of your kinfolk died for you. No man has ever died for you but Jesus Christ. Do you know how he can save you? Because he took your place. He took your place and he took your sin. An innocent man died for the guilty. And he took every sin that you would ever commit while we were yet sinners. Isn't that beautiful? While he knew everything that we were going to do and every law that we would break, he said, I'm going to go die for him anyway. What a loving God. How can he save me? Because he died for me and he took my place. If I get Connor and I said, all right, Connor, you broke my law. Bend over that bed, boy, I'm fixing to whoop you. I can get my belt and I'm slinging it out. Why? Because he broke the law and you got to pay. I get that belt back. Man, hold on to that bed. I know, man, Miles, y'all are getting all, oh. Kalen comes running in. Daddy, don't do it. I'll take his place. I'll take his place. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would never happen. But Jesus did it. The law has condemned us. And we got to pay. But Jesus said, Daddy, I'll do it. I'll take their place. And I'll go and I'll live an innocent life. And I'll live perfect. And I'll fulfill what they failed and I'll go love like you've never seen a man love. And I'll go live like you've never seen a man live. And I'll go to that cross. The Bible said he set his face like a flint to go to Calvary. Right there in Nazareth, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Why? To die for you and to die for me. And bless God upon that cross. He didn't go because of the dirty man that he was. He went because of the dirty man that I am. The innocent for the guilty. And he laid there upon that cross. And he was cussed, not because he deserved a cussing, but because I deserved a cussing. He had his beard plucked out of his face, not because he was rotten, but because I'm rotten. He laid upon that cross and he bled and he died, not because he was a sinner, but because I'm a sinner. And right there at Calvary, Jesus took my place and he took your place and he died for every sin that I would ever commit and you would ever commit. And bless God, that day the free gift of salvation was poured out of heaven upon men. And bless God, Jesus died for the ungodly. And the blood of Jesus was shed. And the Bible said that God looked down and he said, Satisfied. Hold on, y'all didn't hear God. Satisfied. Listen, y'all didn't hear him. Satisfied. He's never looked down on me and said satisfied. But he looked down on Jesus. And he said, satisfied. 
Brother Frank, I can never satisfy God outside of the finished work of Jesus Christ. My work will never satisfy God because His work already did. Whew. Oh, I want to read one more verse. Two more. Three more. Here we go. Verse 9. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, this ought to put you on shouting ground, we were reconciled. Y'all not hearing me again. My Lord, wake up. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy. That's called happiness. We joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Here it is. Jesus did everything that needed to be done to satisfy the wrath of God in order for you to be saved. And he said, I got a free gift for you. Here it is. Here I am. All you got to do to go to heaven is accept me. I'm offering you this, Brother Carl. Take it. Bless God. Too many people are doing what you just did. You looked at it. Well, what do I do? Take it. Accept him. Apply him. Be saved. Accept. Receive the atonement that Jesus paid on your behalf. Accept it. It's offered for every man. You say, who's it offered for? Here we go. Sinners. Brother Jason, that's me. That's you. Of whom I am chief. Preacher, I'm not as righteous as you are. <laughs> Talk to my wife. You'll hear how righteous I am. Preacher, I hadn't been to church very long. It don't matter. I don't care where your church membership is at. But I care where your citizenship is at. And that's why I'm thankful. And that's why I can rejoice. Let the storms rage. Let the waves rock the boat. Bless God, Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief.